Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be, my family is nosy about my dating life. I've got an email here from a woman. I've done a few coaching sessions with her, and she's very independent. She's pretty confident, pretty successful, and she's really picky about the kind of guy she wants. But she's got sisters and family members who are all married. And of course, people who are married want everybody that they know that's single to be married and like them. So she's getting a lot of peer pressure from people in her family to conform to their worldview and live her life according to their particular expectations. And it's a fucking pain in the ass. So I got a quote that I wrote on this topic and then I'm going to go through her email. And the quote says, we all have to deal with enormous outside pressure from everyone we know and everyone around us to conform to societal conventions and be like them. In order to resist the influence of other people, knowledge of oneself is most important. In order to reach your full potential, you must know who you are, what you want, why you want it, and what's most important to you. Most people are insecure, unsure about themselves, and unsure about their choices. Therefore, in order to feel good about themselves and their choices, they will consciously and unconsciously try to get as many other people to make the same choices as them. It does not matter if those choices are in their best interest or not. A drug addict tries to get other people to do drugs with them. Married people want single people to get married. Single people want married people to become single again. People who have settled for mediocrity in any area of their lives will try to get people around them to settle for the same level of mediocrity. By developing a strong internal positive and empowering belief system, you will enable yourself to resist the weaknesses and mediocrity that most certainly surround you so you can rise above it and reach your full potential. So she says, hey, Corey, I'm having a different kind of problem with dating. My younger sisters are both with their high school sweethearts, so neither one has ever really been single and dated. And therefore, they are not walking in your shoes. They don't know how to relate to you. And you definitely need to point that out to them. Not everybody's going to have the same path. If, we, if every human being was the same, we liked the same things and we thought the same way, the world would be a pretty fucking boring and dull place. Life would be really predictable. But there's drift, different strokes for different folks. There are an unlimited number of the type of people that you can be with, lifestyles that you can live, careers that you can have, businesses that you can start, places that you can live and ways that you can experience and live your life. The key is to do what makes you happy. A very wise man once taught me, you must be who you are. What you should be is not important. Key is to live your own truth and march the beat of your own drum and do what makes you happy. She says, now that I'm about to turn 30, they have become concerned that I don't give guys a chance and that I am emotionally closed off. So in other words, since you don't match their expectations because they're thinking, hey, I've been with the same person since I was a teenager, therefore there must be something wrong with you. It can't possibly be because 
you have different goals and values than me and you've made different choices as me, there must be something wrong with you. Since you're not like me, there must be something wrong with you. Remember, no one will ever do or say anything that isn't a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves in a moment. Maybe deep down, your sisters are a little jealous and envious and they're not really happy in their supposedly perfect marriages. Because they see the sister who's hanging out, having fun, living life the way she wants to live it, has a successful career, and they've been locked in with the same person since they were teenagers. Not to say there's anything wrong with that, but if they were really so happy and things are so great in their lives, they wouldn't be constantly badgering you about your life choices. So what they're trying to get you to do is conform to their worldview. Because if you get married and you settle down you become just like them, then they're going to feel more comfortable about the life and lifestyle choices and the relationship choices that they themselves have made. I remember like when I was leaving the, the general contractor I worked for in the mid-90s to start my own business. It was the company I was working for was Syntex Rooney, which is now Balfour Beatty. And I was working with a lot of people that were smarter than me, had been with the company longer and even were way more talented and more passionate about working there than I was. And so I remember I was leaving and I, this was the first time I really was going to be on my own and supporting myself with my own business. And I remember thinking to myself, man, it's like these guys, like one of the guys I work with, he went to fucking West Point. He was a fucking West Pointer. He was smart as shit. And he's very successful, very driven. He's still with that company today. He's a vice president for them. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, God, these guys are so fucking smart and they're so talented. If being successful in your own business is so easy, why aren't these guys doing it? Why don't these guys have their own GC license? Even the guy that was the vice president that ran that particular job, he'd been with the company for 25 years and he had lots of offers. And lots of people approach him about going into business with them. And he was a company man. He was a lifer. He was going to stay working for them for his whole life. And I remember he, he had a southern accent. He would say Louisiana. He called Louisiana. He, had, he was a good old boy. And he's like, I remember him saying, yeah, when I hired you, I kind of knew you were one of those entrepreneur types. And, and he was a great guy. And he says, but he's, you're always welcome to come back. But if you do come back, I ask that you come back for good. In other words, if I go to start my own business and it doesn't work out, then I'm going to come back and be a lifer just like him. And I thought about that. I was like, mm. that terrified me. I had nightmares. I used to wake up thinking I was working backwards. It's not that the job was terrible. I just wasn't fucking happy. It was great to work on a $150 million job, a Disney job, and work with the nicest materials from all over the world, some of the smartest engineers and architects and I worked with the best of the best. The superintendents that we had on the job were fucking amazing. One of the guys was so good and so successful that Disney actually wrote into the contract that he was going to be the superintendent on the job. It was a great experience but it just wasn't for me. And, and that particular guy whose name was written into the contracts that he'd be the superintendent, he had, had his own con company for many years. It was a concrete, a concrete subcontractor up north and when the – I guess it was the SNL crisis hit in the early 90s. He had a lot of jo a lot of money outstanding. He had a family business that they'd had for multiple decades, and he had spent his whole life being an entrepreneur. And so he ended up going bankrupt and losing everything because he had too many jobs that he did work for, where the developers went belly up, 
and never paid him. He just had way too much money outstanding when the SNL crisis hit in the early 90s. And so he'd been with with the late 80s, early 90s. He'd been with, with Rooney ever, ever since then. And I remember he was the only guy out of everybody that I talked to. And I sat down with him. We were talking. And, you know, most people were like, man, it's pretty risky going and buying fixer-upper properties. Boy, you know, I don't know it's going to work out because all of them, they're, they have the employee mindset. And when you're doing something that's different than them or they have an experience or life experience different, it's like that's why you don't go get business advice or advice about being an entrepreneur from people who have failed at having their own businesses or who have never even started their own business. But we all tend to do things like that. We go ask people who know, know jet shit about what we want to do and get their opinion when they're really not qualified to give us an opinion in the first place. And this particular superintendent, because he'd been an entrepreneur his whole life, I sat down with him and we were talking and he looked me right in the eye and he says, Corey, I think it's a great thing. Young guy like you going out and starting your own company because you can always come back and do this shit. I was like, that made me feel so much. He was the only guy out of all, you know, all the probably the 40, 50 people that were in the office trailer that were all part of the management team on that particular project. And at the time, that was the biggest Disney prod project that, that Disney had ever done. It was 150,000 square foot convention center or 300,000 square foot convention center and 2,000, over 2,000 hotel rooms. It was really an amazing project. But it's like that made me feel good. But, but it's like everybody else was like, oh, boy, that's kind of risky. I don't know if I'd do that. Well, you know what? They wouldn't do that. And so you got that's what that reminds me of when, when I see this is that her sisters have their model of the world and they're trying to fit you into their little box and trying to get you to conform because really that's all they really know. So the, the real problem is maybe they, these sisters are emotionally closed off. Maybe they're not really that happy. Because you got a smile on your face. You're, I mean, I talked to this woman. She's cool as shit. She enjoys her life. She's happy with the choice she's made. She'd like to meet a really great guy, but she's not going to fucking settle for just any old dude. She wants to make a great choice. But she's got the family pressure going, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe you don't give guys a chance. You know what? So maybe it takes you till 40 years old to find a right guy. Who fucking cares? You're enjoying your life. You got great friends. Take your time. It's just not worth it to get into a shitty relationship and even worse, have kids with somebody who you're in a shitty relationship with because it's going to fuck your kids up and it's going to be even more difficult to get out of a bad relationship. So you're better off living your truth and doing what makes you happy because after all, success really, when you boil it down to it, is being able to spend your life in your own way and she loves what she does. For a living, she's very happy and she's very successful at it. And she meets a lot of people. And she's a flirt, she likes to talk, and she's perfectly suited for what she does for a living. She continues on, I know they're on a different side of it and have no clue what dating is like, but they have become quite nosy. Even my mom, after one bad date, said to me, You know, Aunt So and so never got married or had kids. And she says, thanks, mom. Good bedtime story. Yeah, thanks, mom. Thanks for the uplifting story. Thanks for basically saying, you know what? I think you're going to be a failure and you're going to be an old cat lady. So it's her way of trying to nudge you to making a decision so she feels better about her own particular life choices. Maybe you stay single for your whole life and every couple of years you change men in your life. I mean, you're, 
you're a successful woman. You really don't need a man for anything other than maybe a sperm donor if you want to have kids. I mean, a lot, I've dated a lot of very successful women over the years that are single parents and they're fucking awesome and they're amazing. So you really have choices. So don't get go get married just because that's – I mean that's what caused me to get married to my first wife because I was, I was dealing with this but I was too young and too dumb and too inexperienced to know any better. So when I was asking all the married people around me and people that were in relationships and most of those relationships really weren't that great, what they thought I should do when I was having all these doubts, I was like, man, she's a great girl. I really love her but I was like, eh, something's missing. Oh, Corey, you just have cold feet. It's like after you're married for a couple years, that'll go away. You're being silly. 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 After, you know, it's like even at the time before, during, and after the wedding, I was like, and what was funny was my mother, and I didn't know this till years later. My dad told me this, but my mother was literally at the church on the wedding day, and we're getting married, and she leans over to my father, and she goes, I give it six months. <laughs> We lasted a year before I finally grew a set of balls and left. But it's like that, that's one of the things the way my mother was. That's where I get my bluntness and my brutal honesty because my mother was always – she just said whatever the fuck was on her mind and she didn't care. She was happy to just tell you the brutal, honest truth the way it was. That's one good thing that definitely I learned from my mother that served me well. She continues on. They want to know about every single date I go on which – who are we kidding? I have lost count of how many dates I've been on. He, she says, I'm having trouble explaining that it's okay if dates don't work out and I don't want to invest the time and get them emotionally involved with someone they won't be meeting. My sister thinks because a date is bad that it must be me. Again, she has no experience. She date, she got met one guy in high school and she's been with him ever since. So she has no fucking no concept. She can't relate. I just say no, a douchebag got through the filter, lol. <laughs> Fucking great comeback. They don't think my attitude about dating is healthy because I'm not getting too emotional about anyone. Why? Because none of them fucking deserve it. You deserve to have fucking spectacular. You deserve to have a man in your life who knocks your fucking socks off and who's crazy about you and who every time you're together, you just have a great kick-ass fucking time. There's too many miserable fucking people in the world. You don't believe me? Go sit down in a public place, watch the video I did, Body Language That, that Attracts Women, and just look at the body language of the people walking around you. Look at the expressions on their faces. Look at when you see couples together, what they're doing. Look and see who's the one walking in front and who's the one walking behind. A lot, most of the time, it's a dude walking behind, his head's hung down low, he's overweight, the wife's kind of overweight, her hair's kind of fucking butched. The kids are going ape shit, misbehaving. It's like you don't want to be one of those fucking poor bastards. I personally don't want to put my eggs in one basket. It's just so disappointing. I don't know how to explain any of this to them. I think my attitude is healthy. You're absolutely fucking right it is. But now I feel all this pressure and I know I shouldn't. They just suck the fun out of it. What do you think? You got to tell your sisters, mom – Sister Jane, Sister Jan, whatever their, their fucking names are, I love you guys but you know what? You've been with the same dude since high school and quite frankly, you don't have – you have zero fucking experience dating. You have no fucking idea what it's like. You have no clue what you're talking about. You have no way to possibly relate to me. I want the best that I can get and I'm not going to just settle for the first warm body that comes along. I'm not saying you did that in your relationship but 
The bottom line is I didn't meet somebody in high school and fall happily head over heels in love and feel like I had to spend the rest of my life with them. I do what makes me happy. And you got two choices. You can be loving and you can be supportive of me and accept the fact that I might become an old cat lady. But you know what? I'll be a fucking happy old cat lady. So if you ain't got anything positive to say, I would appreciate it if you would drink yourself a nice tall glass or shut the fuck up and keep your opinions to yourself because it's really fucking pissing me off and hurt my feelings and I'm tired of you being condescending and putting me down and trying to get me to conform to your worldview. And you can say to your mother, mom, I love you. I appreciate you being a great mom bringing me in the world. But again, you know what? You could take a nice tall glass and shut the fuck up too if you don't love and support me and allow me to be who I am because I'm really getting fucking tired of being around you and having you tell me, well, I'm going to end up like my aunt so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to fucking hear it. If you don't have a loving, supportive thing to say, keep it to yourself because it's not helping. All you're doing is making me feel like shit every time I come over here and spend time with you or I talk to you on the phone. And if this is the way you're going to talk to me on the phone, you know what? We're not going to talk very much and that hurts me. To think about that, love me and support me and accept me for who I am, even if I turn into an old fat cat lady. It's your choice, but I don't need it in my life. I'm going to take my time, even if it takes me a fucking decade to find the right guy. When I decide to settle down and get married, and when I decide, if I decide that that's what I want and I decide to get serious with a certain guy, you'll be the first to know. In the meantime, love me, accept me for who I am, and quit trying to fucking change me and impose your narrow-minded view of the world on me. I love you, but this is bullshit and it needs to stop fucking today. So what's it going to be? You're going to love me for who I am or do I need to leave and you can call me when you decide to treat me and accept me as family instead of trying to fucking beat this bullshit dogma into me? Something along those lines is what I personally would say because I had that conversation with my father about 20 years ago when he was giving me a rash of shit after quitting my job in Syntex Rooney and starting my own business. He was fearful. He was worried about things working out for me and that's understandable. That's that's where your sisters and your mother come from. They're just worried about you because in their mind they think you can't possibly be happy if you're not married and having kids like us and therefore there's got to be something wrong with you. No, they just don't understand where you're coming from. They don't empathize with you at all and they're not even trying to understand where you're, you're coming from. That's something to think about. That's what I would do if I were you. So if you'd like to get my help personally, the quickest way is to book a paid phone, Skype, or email coaching session. You can choose any of those options by going to my website, clicking the products tab at the top of your screen, and just follow the instructions for booking whichever option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon. 